0: has the ultimate master time clock, not us. As the example I just stated, three years. I don't know of anybody today besides a select handful of people who would give that time clock of three years for that type of case until they referred out or did this or went and got scared and thought some kind of legal ramble, whatever it is. Much as Dr. Palmer, I mean, Dr. Sherman told uh, my father when my mother was pregnant with my sister and they said she has cervical cancer we must abort the baby hmm. my father had just uh, associated himself with Dr. Sherman went Dr. Sherman kind of not in a panic state but a very aware state as any husband would about their wife they loved and said Dr. Sherman
1: what do I do? This is Dr. Paul Hamrick of UpperCervicalDocs.com, and this is an interview I did with Dr. B.J. Kale, son of Dr. Michael Kale, inventor, publisher, philosopher, lecturer, writer, scientist, researcher, and the world's leading authority on upper cervical specific knee chest technique, as taught to him by Dr. Lyle Sherman, protege of Dr. B.J. Palmer. In this interview, Dr. Cale discusses how his dad was abandoned by the side of the road at five years of age, how his dad was mentored by and worked with Dr. Lyle Sherman, what it means to, quote, ride in the truck with Kale, where did tick come from, where did brain stem specialists come from, what it's like teaching specific chiropractic worldwide, and how to live your life by the principle, is the line straight? This was a fantastic interview to conduct and is as much about how to build a legacy as it is about specific chiropractic. Please enjoy. Well, Dr. Kale, uh why don't we start off? Uh, why don't you tell us about yourself? Tell us your history and uh, where you grew up. And
0: Well, that's kind of a great question, Doc. Um, <clears throat> I grew up in Spartanburg, South Carolina, a little town actually about 15 to 20 minutes north of there called Landrum, South Carolina It's actually where I grew up. Born over in the Greenville area, so I've been around the upstate of South Carolina uh, my entire life, and you uh, know, of course grew up in a family that is one of the most principled families in the realms of the chiropractic history, um, per se, and uh, have, have really been challenged throughout our family history as far as preserving what we do, yet we've always felt like this is what we should do, and we maintain course with that. Well, tell us about your dad. Well, you know, dad, of course, um, you know, was a very unique man. Uh, very, I guess people looked at him as a, as a, not only as a mentor, but actually as a man that you could go to and you could sit down and literally have popcorn with and watch a movie. He was just one of those, those, those guys that he had the knowledge and the brain of, of Einstein, of, of, of the greats that we have out there in the world. Um, yet so many came and passed through him and didn't really take advantage of that. Uh, growing up, <clears throat> we always had the universal principle of the understanding of specific chiropractic um, around us 24-7 because uh, you know, my father truly walked exactly what he taught. Um, you know, he was there, um, graduated in 1964 from Palmer, and uh, immediately went to work with Dr. Lyle Sherman here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, At that time, of course, there was no Sherman College. There was none of this life college. There was none of this stuff at the time. It was simply Palmer and just a few other schools at the time. Um, But in his latter years of study, he began to realize that there's something unique, not only about being on the Palmer campus and the heritage, and just recently had Dr. Palmer you know pass away but at the same time he started studying and and got a hold of volume 18 the subluxation specific the adjustment specific and truly started to realize where did all this information go why don't we know it now and so he started to study and started to realize in in his historical uh, findings that Dr. Lyle Sherman was the second man next to Dr. Palmer himself. Um, In Dr. Palmer's absence, uh, Dr. Uh, Lyle was there making uh, judgment calls, making uh, decisions um, in a commanding position that Dr. Palmer had given to Dr. Sherman. So of course, my dad being from Charlotte, North Carolina originally, he traveled back to Spartanburg, South Carolina, got with Dr. Sherman and sat down and said, Like most everybody else says today, to be honest with you, why don't more people know this and how can I learn this? What Dr. Uh, Palmer and yourself did during 1935 to 1951 that has never been duplicated since. So Dr. Sherman took him on as the only man to ever be on staff with Dr. Sherman um, in the Sherman Private Clinic there in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um of course there were uh, just like with Dr. Palmer, um there were others around Doctor Sherman at the time. And um but to truly be on staff with the man uh is a little bit different. And anybody in the business sense knows that. A little bit different being around the man twenty four seven than it is kind of being um, you know, with the man. So uh he truly learned for a little over three and a half years at that point, took a lot of knowledge and exactly just kept doing exactly what Dr. Sherman um, had, had brought away from his understanding from Dr. Palmer. Um, and he truly just developed that and, and sought out in the late 70s uh, a development understanding of how can we train and teach others to do this. Um, that was around the time period when the instrumentation was, was not even available on a readily basis. The company was basically silent. My dad went to different schools and tried to get the presence of the schools to buy the instrumentation company.
2: Nobody was interested.
0: Nobody wanted anything that uh, had to do with the quote unquote old relic of chiropractic. Uh, everybody wanted to kind of be themselves and be the forefront. So my dad just took it upon himself and came home one day. And I remember sitting at the bar, we were having dinner that night, and told my mother, he said, uh we're buying the instrument company for chiropractic because chiropractors, you know, the schools won't buy it, so I've got to do this. Um, and so he did. And of course, you know, we've still got it today, and that's part of one of my companies today. Uh, so the man took it to different levels um, beyond even the comprehension that a son could have. Uh, many times I step outside of that realm of a son, and I look and I say, man, are you kidding me? That My blood actually flows through my veins the same as the blood in his veins because was just an awesome man and of course he was um, 100% my hero like much of us that have children want their children to say about them one day
1: yeah now obviously we're talking about dr. Michael kale that's correct yes uh, and uh, did you uh, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was were you close to him and uh, obviously from you know what you've said you were but were you uh, were you physically close to him? I mean, did he like uh, keep you with him and uh, as much as he possibly could? Uh, I mean, was it almost like a uh, an apprenticeship type of a relationship with him?
0: You know, Doc, that's a great question. Uh, many people over the years have have wondered that, um, and it's kind of funny now that uh, after he's passed away, people start to ask these questions. But yet, prior to that, um, anyone that was ever around him. Any time throughout the historical part of it, knows that little BJ was always there. Hmm. Uh, I was there when he was traveling uh, just in domestic, wasn't even gone international yet. Uh, there when I was, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old, even prior to that, um, was there carrying his bags. I was the one carrying the old uh, Thermoscribe One Pearl Face, through the airports. I was the one there, always, always around. And what's truly kind of funny is some people have balked at that here and there and laughed at that. Well, now that, you know, all the companies are mine, I've got all the historical aspects of it, you start to find old photographs and old memoirs. And sure enough, um, out of all the uh, family members, there's a little BJ, always there in every picture. I'm somewhere. Um, I was the one that we used to have a saying with my father of, um, you know, he had castles, he had Rolls Royces, and he had, you know, jets, and he had everything in the world that a man could possess. But the man loved driving his old Chevy pickup truck. And so many times um, the doctors would come, and they would actually be envious of each other, of who got to ride in the truck with Dr. Cale. You know, because you only only got a three-passenger truck. So it used to be called, quote-unquote, riding in the truck with Kale. And uh, many people, when we say that, it sparks a huge memory. Well, the one thing about it is I was always in that truck, and that's usually when he had got finished with a meeting or was scheduled to go out to um, another conference or somebody had asked him to go here or just got the phone call with a doctor, and we'd be going to plant plants or we'd be going to paint something or going to the airport. Wherever it was, I was there. And uh, truly, of course, I wasn't there 24-7 because I had my my activities also. But as a father, he always made time for that, and at the same time... um, he always put the principle of what he learned from Doctor Sherman first, um, and then, you know, of course, his family fell right along in that.
1: Did he talk about all this with you uh, when you were young, like that? I mean, was he, was he, uh, basically teaching you chiropractic when you were eleven?
0: There was, there was never a time that the man didn't talk chiropractic, Paul. To be honest with you, mm. um, and like I said, anybody historically knows him back to the seventies, back even before that. Um, I've talked with some of his older friends that have been around even since the sixties, sixties. Um, one man uh, I can mention in, 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 in passing here, because he's already passed away, is Dr. Grady Lake out of Atlanta, uh, one of got, you know, my father's oldest friends. And uh, he himself, I mean, I was flying on the plane with him down to uh, the Cayman Islands with property we had down there, and it was always talking chiropractic because that's what my my, my father did. He not only talked it, but he walked it. And so by walking it, you just inherently have that around you at all times. It's not like it was a purpose-driven, okay, today we're going to sit down and talk about you know Chiropractic 101, B.J. It just was. It just was a part of his life in every structure he did and everything that he did related back to chiropractic. Much of my life does today. Hmm. Were you an only child? No, I was not. I was actually the baby of three children. I have an older brother and an older sister that are both chiropractors.
1: Wow. Well, I mean that, that's what you're saying here is a real. It's a testament to parenting as well as a testament to uh, principal chiropractic
0: Well, it is, and of course, you know, uh, having children myself now, it 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 truly, you know, and as I travel the world, I truly tell people, I said, listen, this can't be just talking about chiropractic. It can't be talking about tick. It's got to be walking tick, uh, because when you truly walk it, you have the uh, offspring that develop into ones like myself—that just it just is, you know. It, we don't try to make up, we don't try to prepare. It just we can talk about chiropractic at, at the drop of a hat uh, and talk about it as deep as you want to or as light as you want to, because that's how we were raised and truly by a man that understood. So obviously he was doing that and walking that way, not just talking that way, because of how we've turned out.
1: Mm-hmm did you always know you wanted to follow in his footsteps
0: you know again like i said you know my father was always my hero and you know growing up of course everybody has their bumps and bruises and has their you know different things that happen in life and everyday kinds of just being you know part of the human race um... and truly when you start to see uh... how we stayed healthy our entire life and how you how you always felt and you always knew that you know dad's hands were there when needed um to to make sure that you stayed in that in that proper um functioning position. Well I guess through that, you know, of course every every boy, I can speak for myself, I can't speak for a girl, but every boy, you know, of course wants to be the typical firefighter, baseball player, astronaut, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the childhood dreams. But when it came to reality, um it truly was in our family, I don't know how else to say it, it just it just Was what you did is you went to school, you graduated, you went to college, you got yourself in chiropractic college, you graduated chiropractic college. That's what you did. Um, It just was a part of our life. There was no other decisions to be made, but that's just what you did. That never was forced upon us from our father in any manner. He always told us, "Listen, do what you want to do." But it just, I thought, I think that we each saw um, in him the desire and the passion that was that was given to him, and he understood so deeply that so many missed but we saw that in him and his eyes and you know behind the scenes when you know Christmas and Thanksgiving when personal time when people wasn't there we actually saw that in him and I think that actually drove our desire to be part of that more than anything else in this world
2: Hmm.
0: was he a
1: first-generation
0: chiropractor he actually was Um, he was a first-generation chiropractor there was an uncle um, on my mother's side of the family that was a chiropractor in New York that actually uh, got him into this, but my father—many people don't know this—and I would love to share a little bit of his testimony here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, my father was left on the street when he was five years old by his mother, mm-hmm. and uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she drove off in a taxi cab uh, with his half brother. Uh, said she was going to the store. Well, kind of put this realm and close your eyes, and just put this realm in in, in your kind of your mind of. Not only being a father that I am now, but you know, how can one do this? Mm-hmm. And what does a person do at this point? Um, my grandfather, his father, was an old steel mill worker, and he was traveling all the time back in the day. Uh, and actually, was one of the um, the gentlemen and the foreman uh, that got all the crew together to finish the last ten stories of the Empire State Building because at the time it was too high, it was too you know too risky. Well, my grandfather was just one of those just old country boys. Let's get it done. Um, so he was intermittent in my father's life, in and out. <clears throat> and uh, through that, my father just kind of grew up around friends and people that were taking him in. I remember him telling the stories and showing us pictures of the places that he used to live, underneath people's houses, unfinished basement, dirt on the floor. Would be um, just a mattress on the floor there. He would go and take showers at the local YMCA and just kind of struggle and get through and have duct-taped shoes uh, to keep his feet uh, wet, uh, or keep his feet dry from being in the rain. Um, and showed us these, not horrific pictures, but were pictures of a, of a struggling person that many people didn't see that side of Dr. Cale. They just seen the, uh, the appearance of the end side, to when he had worked his entire life um, off of a principle that was given to him by Dr. Sherman, and of course, through that, there was much wealth. Well, they forget about where the man came from and how how humble he was to where he came from. And through that, of course, in our raisings, we were taught the same way. We were not uh, silver spoon babies. Uh, We worked for every dollar we had. Uh, We lived on about 78 acres of land, and about 20 of that had to be cut meticulously, like a a groomed haircut. Um, And if we didn't, of course, we got chastised for that in the old-school way, not the new paradigm 2008 way, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, to be politically correct. But, um, and so, you know, we were challenged to make sure that we understood the value of a dollar and to understand that throughout our entire growing-up time period because he knew where he came from and he didn't have that silver spoon. He worked for every dollar he had, but he also taught us to stick to the principle. And when you do things right, like cutting grass, for an instance, that some people take advantage of, you know, if you cut it right and it's edged off properly and it's done right, you know exactly what it's supposed to look like, and it can be a magazine quality every time. And that's the way he wanted it, but he was doing that later on in life, and he told me this, uh, you know, a few months before he passed away, we were laughing and joking. He said, you know, those things taught you ethics, and they taught you character, BJ. There was a character-building thing. You never knew it when I was coming home and I told you, no, the, you know, the lines had to be straight in the grass. They can't be crooked and you can't be, you know, listening to your headphones and have crooked grass. There was reasons for that, that you got spankings for that and reasons you got this. And he goes, do you understand that now, son? And I was like, absolutely, Dad, because, you know, you can't be crooked in things you do in life. You've got to be straight on and there's laws you have to follow and principles you have to abide by. And so there was character building things that happened. And, you know, so through all of his growing up, it wasn't until 18 years later until he graduated. His graduation day at Palmer um, in 1964 that he actually saw the mother that had left him when he was five years old. Hmm. So throughout that time, he didn't have a mother. He didn't have this that we all take for granted this day and time, and I know everyone has their story, and there's some a lot worse than his, And uh, but this was his story. Um, and I guess through all of that, knowing that it truly made me step back, especially when I got married and, and, and uh, started having children It made me step back as a parent and say, "You know what? I respect the way that he brought us up, simply because he didn't know how to be brought up. He kind of self-taught himself growing up and just kind of made do. Um, And so, it was a lot of respect that I had throughout that time period with him.
1: Uh, You have uh, already, uh, you've basically uh, said what uh, the Kale technique is—that it's uh, uh, what uh, B.J. Palmer taught um, and. And then through uh, Lyle Sherman, but was there any, is there anything else that you would like to add about uh, you know what is the kale technique?
0: Well, yes, I kind of like to clarify a couple of things with you, Doctor Hammett. If, if one is, you know, my father nor myself ever have claimed rights to a technique um, because that is that is one hundred percent incorrect. What's happened is it kind of it got hard to say the VJ Palmer knee chest upper cervical solid headpiece posterior arch contact using live and thermoscribe you know instrumentation three x-ray views research from 35 to 51 sure (laughs) is what we do that kind of got you know tongue-tied after a while yeah and so what happened is because my father was so principled and you know throughout the years it just kind of people just said kale we're going to go see kale it just got to be easier to say, and it just kind of evolved in that. We've never staked claim to, quote unquote, the kale technique. That's been more of something that's been evolved from the outside. And so, you know, I just like to clarify things as we go along. Um, it, it, it's a high honor, of course, now that my father's passed away, to have that still, um, out there in the community because here's the problem. And this, and this comes from, you know, of course, my, my growing up and stuff is, you know, there's many different, uh, ways that right now, if you just said right now today, hey, I do solid headpiece knee chest work. Well, today there are several versions of that, um, that are not directly, um, in accordance with the principal teachings of what DJ did in 35 to 51 that was given, given to Lyle and then given to my father. They're not in direct accordance with that. Well, how does one separate that in just the general community? Um, because, you know, it, it's not the same. You know, a, a nectarine and a tangerine are not the same. Um, they may be similar, but they're not the same. So truly this today in this world of chiropractic, globally, and I can say this with authority, that globally when you say the name kale, you know exactly what you're getting. People don't even deviate or even the question never arises, when you say, hey, yes, I, I, I practice Kale, the question never arises at that point, well, do you utilize infrared or do you utilize thumbscribe? Or do you utilize side posture? What, what exactly do you do in your office? Because that name has been um, our Dr. Sean Deal, I was out speaking with him a, uh, a few months ago, and he said that it is a branded name globally. And uh, it is because it doesn't deviate. When you say that name, you know exactly the product that you're getting, and there's no deviance from that.
1: Where did uh, the term brain specialist come from? I, I've always had that associated with kale, but uh, from sure. what, is, that, is that where it came from, from your dad?
0: It is. It is. Brain stem specialist. Uh, many years ago, back in the uh, early 80s, uh, it's kind of funny to say many years ago with that, but it really is. <laughs> Um, many years ago it just got to be to where at this point people needed to delineate themselves from the typical chiropractor and from the typical upper cervical chiropractor uh, because it started to get diluted Um, people started to say hey listen you know well i do some stuff in the upper cervical area so i'm upper cervical chiropractor Uh, much as they do today it's no different Um, and so my father just said listen what we're dealing with with the brain stem and, and the uh, degree that we take this to is a step above. It is the top gun of the profession. So let's say that let's get brainstem specialist. And so he coined that term. Now, from a historical standpoint, um, many state boards have not agreed with that uh, because it challenges the you know what those typical chiropractors do, uh, which is which is no 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 good or bad. It just it is what it is.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and so he tried to separate that, but at the same time. Stay within the science of chiropractic, uh, and so anytime you know someone asked, even to this day, when someone asked, you know, well, tell me what a brainstem specialist is, we say, you know, we're upper cervical specific chiropractors that deal in the brainstem area and the you know in the science of chiropractic, and we explain to them what, exactly what it is, um, just to kind of be a little bit, I guess you know, a, a different from a, just a regular dentist to a periodontist mm-hmm. or an orthodontist. You know, everybody still does with teeth, but they have their own specialty. Yeah. Uh,
1: real quick, I, I keep meaning to ask you this, what year did your dad die? He died
0: uh, in July second, two 2001.
1: Okay, so not that long ago. Actually, you know what? I nope. think I remember when it happened. I was in school, and uh, I remember uh, I remember that. That wasn't that long
0: ago at all. Yeah, 2001. And uh, just to give you a little history on that, a couple of years prior to that, he and my mother had gotten up. Uh, one morning, and it had just been snowing, and my father never was a person that you, you could um, coop him up. You couldn't ever keep him down. So truly, when uh, it snowed, he always wanted to jump in his truck uh, where he lived up in Landrum and take the back roads up to the mountains and go up in his little bitty, tiny, um, um, what do you call a little, just little bit, tiny restaurant that he wanted to get a cup of coffee and, you know, a sausage biscuit or something and uh so he and my mother took out that morning and was doing about 40 miles an hour on just a country back road hit some black ice mm. unfortunately uh not speeding at all hit some black ice and the uh hit the side guardrails on the road and basically just peeled them up like toothpicks mm. um it threw him against the steering wheel of the truck uh, threw my mother, basically broke the seat and threw her in the back through all the boom, boom, boom and hitting the guardrail. Mm. Um, so, of course, he was worried about her. So he got out of the truck, went around to the passenger side where there was a huge hill there. When he opened the door, he slipped and just went tumbling down the hill. Oh. Um, at that yeah. point, he was there, didn't know exactly what had happened with him. Uh, you know, of course, my mother in a frantic situation. She called some friends of hers up the street. They finally get there. Uh, meanwhile, she's calling all of us. I was living in Atlanta at the time. My brother's living up in North Carolina. My sister's in Atlanta. Uh, you know, of course, we get the phone call. Uh, the EMS gets there. Uh, they take him down, and literally within an hour and a half of that, we had him, within about two hours of that, we had um, a private citation that actually evac him directly down to Houston, Texas with Dr. Michael DeVecchi, who just recently passed away. Uh, but uh... simply because he was the world's best cardiothoracic surgeon and to keep him alive they said that uh... they were going to have to do an emergency triple bypass on him mm-hmm. well being the friends that Dr. DeBecchi and my father were for so many years Dr. DeBecchi always said listen doc if you got something wrong with you come down and see me well my dad was always about of course causing his heritage he wanted to have the best mm-hmm. uh, because that's what he taught and so Immediately flew him down there and did emergency triple bypass surgery on him to keep him alive. Um, and uh, from that point on, it just never—he just never fully recovered from that. Um, and he just kind of just—he always explained to us it's like having a Ferrari or a Rolls Royce out out front and just not having that good engine inside. It. Mm. And um, and he just basically had the mind of Einstein literally forty eight hours before he thirty six hours before he passed away, um, would sit there and be talking like me and you. He just couldn't get up and do as much um going as he used to do. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but he could I mean he literally talked it down to he passed away at eleven forty seven that morning on a Monday morning and uh we were talking just like you and I Saturday afternoon at five or six o'clock in mm-hmm. back in my bedroom at the castle where he did pass away. Um, we were talking just like me and you and Karen on conversation, as though he was just no different than you and I are right now.
2: Yeah.
1: So he was just ready.
0: Well, he was, and that was one thing about my father is he was always one of these prepared guys. And it's kind of funny that you mentioned that, to be honest. And uh, that day, about two o'clock that Saturday afternoon, prior to his death, he uh, had his pastor come over, and his pastor said, um, "Doc, are you ready?" and of course my dad laughed and he said I'm going to see your boss <laughs> yeah. and and he laughed just like you did just now uh. and it kind of caught you know of course our pastor by surprise he's like you know he knew Yeah. He, he knew at that point that it was time mm. and uh, and it was kind of funny Dr. Hamrick and of course this is a little bit personal but yet I know what's going out and uh, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't express this to many people but I feel overwhelmed at this point to express this that weekend, um, we had been up back and forth weekends prior to that. Literally, I'd just gotten back home from, back from the house on Tuesday that prior week. And, uh, Friday, my mother calls me again while I was in Atlanta and says, you gotta get up here. And I'm like, come on, mom, are you kidding me? I'm trying to build a tree house for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so of course we always dropped everything and came when, 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 he said come. Uh, so we did. That weekend, for some reason, I have no reason why, but except for they say so N8 did this to me, but I don't, I, I don't know. Um, I taped the entire weekend in my pocket
2: hmm.
0: i had a, I had a a little tape a uh, cassette tape in my, in my pocket the entire weekend and taped every second from the time I got there Friday evening about six o 'clock to the literally his last breath and then afterwards hmm. um, was on audio tape I have of that and it took me five years um, after his death to my mother and I sat in my conference room one day and finally played it hmm. um was about a five and a half six hour long tape um and it, it, it truly brought back a lot of things that, you know, hearing, of course, his last voice, but I sat in the room with him on Saturday afternoon and, for some reason, asked him questions about, you know, Dad, what do you think about chiropractic? Dad, what do you think about my son? And where should I do this? And what do you think about stuff that you wouldn't ask anybody unless you knew they were dying tomorrow? Yeah. And you and usually these are the kind of questions you wished you would have asked somebody if you would have known. Um, and truly, the, the words that, that he, he, even he expressed, you know, because some the things I know that was in here that you'd like to ask me, and I don't mean to jump ahead, but I asked him, I said, Dad, you know what, if you got to change something in the profession, what would you change? What would you do? Will you do anything different? And uh, he said, no. He said, because I lived the life that I was supposed to live, son. He said, uh, Dr. Sherman told me, is the line straight. And he said, I lived by that principle. And he also told me, he said, uh, son, if you live by the principle, never worry about the money. The money will always be there. He said, you do what the principle has taught you to do. And that's exactly how I've lived my life, Paul, to be honest. And uh, I've never worried about money. I've never worried about this. Never worried about help. Because you live by a principle, like Dr. Sid used to do with the keys at D.E., when you throw them in the air, they're going to fall every time. Mm-hmm. No matter what country you're in, what continent you're on, who you're around, what village you're in, they will fall every time. That's a principle. Mm-hmm. Same thing with our chiropractic. It, it's a principle. Too many have uh, overlooked that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because, just like when on my 13th birthday, he gave me my first volume 18. On my 13th birthday. Mm-hmm. Now, we laugh at that, and you couldn't give me $100,000 for that Volume 18 at this point in my life. Right. Probably couldn't give me a million, to be honest with you, cause no, there's no price tag on it. However, at 13 years old, I wanted to get a baseball bat. I didn't want Volume 18. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he knew. And so when you ask earlier, did he know about me, and was he around me, and did he train me? Um, neither my brother nor my sister. Can use those same words and say they got a volume eighteen or thirteen. So why my dad chose me, I, I don't know. Why he named me BJ, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of glad I didn't get born Joshua, but <laughs> BJ was hard enough in my life. Right now, I can tell you, growing up, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being a initials only. So it truly was. Uh, it truly was, um, you know, an experience that, that that I'm truly proud to be around.
1: Hey, a minute ago, you uh, mentioned uh, the term "tick," and that is actually a term that is rather new to me. And I was wondering if you could tell us what tick is and where did that come from.
0: Well, you know, it, it, it tick has been around. You know, of course, as part of chiropractic. And uh, I guess a few years ago, I truly started to try to stress how important. What we do is, um, and so I tried to started putting this tick, T I C in bold letters um, on everything that I put out. Every single email, every single uh, blog, everything I did, I really started to stress the word "kick," um, because without "kick," you can't really understand the understanding of what it is to be a tour. And so I started putting stress on the tour and truly started saying that you know people say chiropractic chiropractic yeah but what about tick and then it's like oh it's kind of the same delineation of when you say the word kale you know what you get when you say tick you know oh we're talking about something serious Mm -hmm. well problem is tick is no more than just the ending of a word and a process and a principle that is serious and as my father's words were chiropractic is serious business so I started using that and, I, you know, it has really flown off the cuff here for a long time and people are using that and there's email signatures I see now and, you know, saying Tor, Chiropractor, the big letters. And I, I smile every time I see it because truly I enjoy that to the fact that people start to see there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow, some way, there is a difference when you put that TIC in big letters and the TOR in big letters. Uh, there's something different about that.
1: So it's a, it's a branding.
0: You know, it, I guess you could say it is a branding, but I think if what it is, I'm trying to bring light of how um, serious chiropractic actually is, mm. and not just saying we're just you know, chiropractic, chiropractic. But right. I'm trying to bring it out. So maybe maybe some maybe that just by doing that, and maybe it is a branding. Uh, maybe but just by doing that, maybe someone else will see, oh well, that's where I need to go for true health care. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I need to question these people and find out more about what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, if, and, if, and if that happens, then I've done my job mm-hmm. uh, by branding that or by taking that to the level or by just doing and creating that environment for someone.
1: Uh, well, Dr. Cale, tell us about uh, uh, teaching worldwide.
0: Well, I've done nothing more than continue a uh, go and travel in exactly the manner that my father did um, and spread the word uh, worldwide for the ones that will uh, or have actually sought out uh, exactly what we do. Um, In our process of teaching, normally Mm -hmm. our prime market has been for years, the three- to five-year graduate. Um, all the way up to 20 plus years graduate are usually the um, the attendees in our modules in our institute and in our teaching realm um, we travel as far as Asia uh, all the way to Europe um, and anywhere in between uh, you know Russia all over the place so we'll travel for one person to teach because we feel like if there's one more that understands what true tick is then we've truly made that tour Um, and now they can take that and express it to someone else and someone else and it only takes one person so we don't have to be excited if we don't have fifteen or fifty or a hundred and just this year I traveled back and forth to Asia multiple times uh, which is a very very long flight Mm. for one person to learn this
2: Mm.
0: one man and to this day that man is um, in my book Um, I would put him against any American chiropractor, any German, any uh, European, any Russian, anyone in the world I would put him next to because that man has developed his skills truly the way it should have been done um, as an apprentice uh, such as my dad or myself was uh, to the principal of this work. So it it truly has to be worldwide. Um, I just wish there was more that would look at that that way and and not look at it in alternate ways.
1: The uh, training program, it's a year-long?
0: The level one part of it is a year-long program. Um, What we do, Doc, is we actually take everyone, regardless of your background, regardless of how long you've been in practice, how long you have been in practice, what certifications you have. None of that matters when you come to this TIC Institute. Uh, We take it from ground zero. And we start everyone out at the same level, the same page. Because we found by doing that, when it comes down to the end, you start to see, after that year, you thought you knew it prior to that. And you thought going into it after a year, you're gonna know it after a year. I mean, everybody thinks after a year, I'll know it. The problem is, just like my dad, after 43 years, two days before he passed away, he said, I don't know it all, I'm still learning. The man was humble because he knew that. There are many out there today that think, oh, I've been in practice, you know, X amount of years, five, 10, 17, 20, you know, you should look to me because I know it better than you. Well, I, I'm not that way. If someone can tell me something I could learn from a day, and many people do, I, I, I cherish those times. Um, there are many times I've read these green books and even two days ago I found something from a book I've read about 26 times in one of the volumes and I went, wow, I've never seen that before. Um, so when you're humble to the principal, the principal will allow you to learn at your pace. Uh, many times People try to learn too fast, and they miss a lot of the good meat and potatoes of it.
1: So you don't, um, when you say ground zero, you don't only teach
0: technique then? You teach uh, business principles and uh, all that as well? We teach the entire realm. We teach uh, not only the technique. We teach um, how to dress in your office, how to talk to patients, how not to do these things what kind of decor to have in your office, what kind of location to have, what kind of paraphernalia. We teach you. The problem is, Doc, B.J. made a a, a phenomenal statement one time, and again, that's another one of my principles I live by in my life is, common sense is very uncommon. Many times, uh, we all know the institutions don't teach these things. They don't teach business principles. They don't teach um, ethics. They don't teach... You know, where to, where to wear your tie at when you go to business dinner. What kind of shirt to wear at a business dinner that you wouldn't wear when you go out, you know, to a pizza joint. What would you, different aspects. Um, we are a well-rounded organization that teach all that. And I think that I brought a lot of those elements into it just in the past five or ten years simply because I see so many out there that are just crazy in the things that they do and how they have their offices. and I, It's Sometimes it, it makes me shameful to go by on vacation somewhere and somebody goes, Oh, you're a chiropractor. Yeah, i got a guy on the street here. I went to go see him and he's got sometimes. Well, that's not what I am. Mm-hmm. And I go by and look at this guy's office and I'm ashamed sometimes to say that I'm a part of that. Mm-hmm. And we've all been there and seen those types of, of places. So we try to structure ourselves to where we try to be cut above. Mm-hmm. We try to be that tailor-made suit. Um, and BJ talks about the tailor-made adjustment. Well, that's what we're delivering. So how can we deliver that and be in a, you know, uh, a, a goofball type of situation? Yeah. Um, and so we we, we truly totally teach a well-rounded um, education there, and that's why it basically starts out at the level one first year, and then from there we build. So we have guys that have been with us for, I mean, literally 17, 18 years still learning. Uh, we've got guys that, that have just started. We just got finished completing this year. And uh, these, these gentlemen were like, we came into this, thought we were going to know more. But now we realize we're humbled, and we've got to understand more. There's 274 different directions these bones move. Uh,
2: well, nowhere else
0: in the body that happens. Yes, we learned the basic 20, but we really only know two after a year. Well, that humbles a man, especially a chiropractor. That you know, of course, chiropractors think that we all have the golden gloves and we can just, you know, we're all the, the master healers. Mm. All we are is the assistant mm. to innate. And so, when people respect and we humble that, um, then we start to see that we can really push forward in a manner respecting that principle. Um, you are uh, you're married with children, correct? I am. I've been married 15 years to my lovely bride, Regina. And i uh, got a 13-year-old daughter, Devon Alexia, and my son is uh, 10, uh, Maverick Ulrich. And it's kind of unique. His middle name, Ulrich, is also my father's middle name. It's a fifth-generation family name. What, uh,
1: what kind of name is Ulrich?
0: It's actually a German-Irish name.
1: Huh. What kind of... Uh I'm going to ask this question, but then I'm going to follow it up with something else before you answer. Uh, The question is, what are the parameters that you set up to make sure your family doesn't get neglected with how busy that you are uh, teaching all this and traveling worldwide? Now, that's the question, but you having told me what you've told me so far, are you uh, emulating your father in uh, uh, trying to bring your children along in the same way he tried to bring you along and your brother and sister?
0: You know, that's a great question, and um, my daughter, literally October 10th, just a week or so ago, had her 13th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, not only with the normal standard present she got, she also got a signed volume 18 from me. <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> well, it is great, and it literally, when she opened it, um, it brought tears to my eyes. Mm-hmm because I now have in the possession my father's volume 18 that he taught from and learned from and read over 97 times before his death. Um, and then, of course, my volume 18 uh, that I got that he gave me when I told him I was 13. And then now she was there. So we've got a picture that we took of me holding his volume 18, my volume 18, and her holding hers. Mm. So I truly have challenged myself. Um, Some people probably uh, will conflict me on this, but I think I turned out pretty good. Um, But at the same time, I'll I'll, I'll just simply say the path was already laid. Look look what I had learned throughout my uh, upbringing and understanding this principle. If I can develop my children the same way, I've done my job Mm -hmm. and so why not just do it the same way my dad did it because I'm looking at the outcome of what he did if I can foresee the outcome that I do I'm going to be excited about that Mm -hmm. and so I I, I truly am walking exactly what I talk Um, many people wouldn't do that and my daughter this day uh, she knows I told her she's like well dad where should I put this because she understands the deafness of this Mm -hmm. they highly respect their granddaddy and I said baby, it's kinda like this. I don't know where I kept mine, I don't know what I did with mine, but it was always with me. All through college, everywhere I moved, everywhere I was at, it was always with me. I made sure that before the truck left, that was with me. I said, so you have that responsibility now, and truly, if it's supposed to be, you know, in 20 years, that you're where daddy's at, then you'll have it beside you, and, and you'll move forward with that. And so, I've instilled that principle in her and hopefully she can follow along with that and I'll do the same with my own son. Mm
1: -hmm. That's excellent. Who is your specific chiropractor?
0: Well, actually I have three. Um, It's Dr. Frank Iulianelli out of uh, Michigan, uh, Dr. Robert Gucciardo out of New York and of course Dr. Scott Bales out of Canada. These are the three guys that are the closest to me and the closest around me. Um, They are part of my executive teaching team. And I'm just of the fundamentals of this, Doc, that when you're sitting there and you're going to be controlling through the adjustment over 700 trillion sales, you better know exactly what you're doing. You better know that you know that you know. Mm-hmm. So I just don't want to let anybody and everybody adjust me, um, simply because I have to make sure the person knows, uh, that each one of these men, of course, Dr. Euler uh works directly in my father's research center with him, um, on staff with him directly there. Um, and Dr. Gucciardo and Dr. Bell were extensively around my father uh, throughout the years and travel with him abroad and uh, asked questions, was always on the phone, doing extra beyond a lot of people. And so when uh, after my father died, I had to restructure the entire organization because it was a tough, tough, you know, empire to basically take upon when there was a creation of my father and most everything was in his head because he did not understand computers. <laughs> so we had to restructure a lot of things as far as the dynamics and the workings. And so I, I handpicked each one that I thought, um, and I had grown up around as I was silent around my father when he was speaking and the ones he turned to and the ones when it was hard times that he turned to and asked questions and got feedback from them. And I turned to these guys and asked them would they go along uh, side by side with me and let's push forward in the you know, unification of spreading this what we understand was given to us around the world and of course those are the ones that uh, take care of me and I take care of them.
1: You know, in the uh, video interview that uh, I watched the other day, uh, the student mentioned that the research center was a 24-hour research center?
0: That's correct. It was the only 24-hour chiropractic research hospital in the world, second to Spears, out in Colorado. Uh, My father had fought for over 13 years, spent millions of dollars on, on, um, you know, of course, uh, attorney bills and everything else, fighting to get this 24-hour facility to where he could be and see, just like on the research bases uh, from 35 to 51, could see these patients um, that you normally wouldn't see out in the community and could keep them for a length of time. Um, and so after the 13 years, he actually, uh, you know, got licensed by the State Board of Health, by DHEC, um, just as the, you know, University of Medical South Carolina is or, you know, uh, one of the local hospitals, same licensing board, licensed them, licensed our chiropractic care research center. Um, and so it was a, which we still have the license today. Uh, we've now moved the facility uh, down to the Charleston area, so we're in the process right now of rebuilding and, uh, and getting that back up to um, where it was once in Spartanburg, um, that facility there.
1: Explain what the uh, K4 Thermoscribe is.
0: Well, the K4 Thermoscribe um, is the latest addition to the legacy of what Dr. B.J. Palmer gave to the profession, along, of course, with Dr. Adasa Evans, when they presented the neurocalometer in 1923. Um, since that time, there's never been an instrument, not even an ice one to see the day, that's been researched more than the thermocouple instrument. Uh, of course, we have the original neurocalograph that you see in different volumes, volume 18, 19, 20. Uh, we have that one in our office course, on on display there, um, along with the rest of the family of generations. And with each one of those, the only changes that were made from that original one was basically the output. Um, And that's the input's never changed. The output now in the K4 is merely just a technological advancement of utilizing the computer um, to display the line graph versus having an ink tank Printing out on a piece of paper. Mm. Um, the actual input, you can input our uh, thermocouple head unit into the original neurocalligraph, the first one, and take a scan and unplug it, plug it into the K4, take a scan on the same person, and you'll get the exact same scan. You just mm. put them side by side, one's on a, on a piece of paper and one's on a screen. Okay. So we haven't changed any of that. All we've done is technologically advanced the output utilizing, you know, 2008 standards, which of course we need to do, yeah. just as every airplane now has digital you know, readouts inside the airplane versus the old analog stuff.
2: Right.
1: Doc, what uh, historical occurrence in chiropractic do you consider to be of the most negative significance and what occurrence do you consider to be of the most positive significance?
0: Well, great question. Um, I would say when the profession as a whole turns their backs, Doc, uh, upon the deep, dedicated teachings of Dr. B.J. Palmer and basically started the old saying of, oh, that's old history and we have found such and such today. Um, yet that time period that we have kind of turned our backs on, or the ones that have turned our backs on, was the greatest part and most significant part of our history due to the fact that we've never duplicated that type of cases since then. Um, so I think that uh, that's a huge negative. Um, and I always ask myself, why? Why do these guys do that? Um, maybe it's because some people feel like they're more correct than he was. Um, I always ask in that point, kind of what my father did is, I always say, well, if that's true, where is your million-dollar clinic? Where is your million-dollar worth of equipment? But then I have to excuse myself, and I mean today's standards, $10 million clinic and $10 million worth of equipment. Um, where is the 5,000 cases? Uh, where is all of this stuff? Where are your ninth volume of the books? And since no one can claim this, I always say we people miss the boat. Uh, truly, um, again, I don't want to jump ahead, but truly I think that if we would have started in the foundational institutions and had a lot more preface put on the significance of what our foundation is and what our history is, much as every other profession does, then we truly probably wouldn't be where we're at today. Too many times they take Philosophy 101 as a quote-unquote crypt class. Mm-hmm. That's one of the easiest classes people look at in school. Well, that's easy A. That should be the most feared class. Mm-hmm. And I think by that, if that was the way it was, then we wouldn't have a lot of the he said, she said today and a lot of the dispute against Dr. Palmer's writings. We were were in a conversation the other day, side note here, we were in a conversation the other day with some people and some doctors and we're talking about some different research out there and I said well why don't you just look at page so-and-so and and this so-and-so in this book and and Dr. Palmer's already done that. Why are we trying to, you know, repeat history? Mm -hmm. Why don't we just look at that? Well that's old news. Okay, well let's look at his standards. Mm -hmm. Let's look at his protocol. And so we started looking at that and they were like man, I didn't realize he went this depth of a protocol. Mm -hmm. That's up to today's standards. Yes, like my father said, this man was a man a hundred years ahead of his time and his thinking and his desire and his in his walk. So if he's a hundred years ahead of his time, we're just now starting to understand what he understood then. Right. And we're still twenty years away from Willie understanding what he what he what he wrote. And I always challenge people, I say, if you don't believe me, pick up volume eighteen, just crack it open to a various page, read one paragraph, then reread it five times and tell me what he said. If that's not the case, you can't do that. You need to start over, yeah. and that's truly where we take our take institute and our teachings from. We truly start over from that. So the ones we produce, they can answer these questions. They know these questions, um, and so that's what that's what uh, keeps me moving every day.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you kind of answered the positive as well uh, in that what what you would consider to be of the most positive significance. But uh, is there anything you'd like to add?
0: Um. You know, I just think that the that the positive significance is for you know, of course everybody, you know, to this day and time is, is expressing themselves in a wonderful way. There's various organizations out there that are that are expressing themselves and and not all that I agree with, but at the same time and since I don't agree with them because they don't follow the principle, but that's that's it's still a this. You know, uh, uh BJ said and, and uh uh my father always taught me that, you know, uh, bad press is always press. Mm. Don't worry about it. Bad press or good press is press. And, uh, and, so, and so that's just, you know, that's really marketing 101.
2: Yeah.
0: Either way, it's still press. Right. So I think that is a positive note that we are getting a, a, a full press court ahead from a lot of people um, this day and time as, as doing the right thing and expressing, you know, that, that health care ca- can come from within and they don't have to come through appeal. What,
1: uh, what three threats uh, do you see to uh, chiropractic, and uh, how do you think they should be handled?
0: Well, I, mean, I, I think it's one big threat. I mean, you know, we can say three, we can say five, whatever number it is, but truly from my upbringing and from the way I was raised and the way I was taught from the principal through the Green Books, um, what I've lived my life personally um, and my health, um, and, and now developing into my children. Um, I really see that too many DCs this day and time see this as a current fad that they can make some money on. Um, I think that's a huge threat to us. Uh, people think that, oh, I can get out and I can do this and I can go here and I can be a, a glorified, some people think glorified massage therapist or physical therapist or I've got a DR in front of my name. Oh, rah, rah, look at me. And I think it becomes a fad too much and i think it becomes a fad because we really are lax on like the philosophy 101 being the most feared class i think we would get rid of all that and we would weed out all of all of those fad type people real quick in the first nine ten weeks of class um and i think through that fad that's what has become a huge threat um and of course there are subs under there that we can keep going on and going on with all day long but but truly for true unification to come it comes from within mm-hmm. and then when it comes from within through humbleness and respect unity will be attained naturally yeah. and that's kind of where i come from is it has to be a natural um not a get up i'm going to go do this today and i'm going to make this amount that i'm going to go smile and do something else and i was talking to a group A couple weeks ago at a school and I told him I said right now 85 percent of you right now today are taking or doing something that is against the chiropractic principle that you are saying that you're taking your oath to or already have taken the oath to whether it be a nasal spray or whether it be a Tylenol whether it be a a a stab or whether it be ear whatever it is Mm. so if that's true the way it is, they've missed the principle. It's nothing more than a fad. It's a huge threat to our profession. And it really upsets me. And that's where I become that controversial person out there because I'll call you out on it. Because yeah. I don't live my life like that. I- I've never had any shots, pills, syrups, therapies, motions, potions. I've never had that in my entire life. Not as much as the baby aspirin. My children haven't. When you say uh, pediatrician to my children, they think that daddy learned a new word while he was in Spain. <laughs> They don't know what that means, mm. uh, yet they're healthy. They don't miss school. We have what's called health days. We don't have sick days in our house. Mm-hmm. There's 10 days they allow you to be out of school, so i say to the kids, hey, listen, we've got some health days around here. When do you want your <laughs> health ticket? And that's what we do. We have fun with it because we don't We don't have those days. Um, do they get the, the same ailment everybody else does? Yes, we all have. We're human beings. Innate is only, is only limited by the limited amount of matter we're in. So we are limited by this, uh, by our human body. Um, but also, too, if we, if we keep the correction on it and we keep the proper specific adjustments when needed, then we truly can stay in that healthy state.
1: If you had to uh, start over from scratch, knowing what you know now, would you do anything differently?
0: You know, I'd probably severely press for the education process. Uh, like we said earlier, to start with a year, a one-year intense study of the Green Books, our chiropractic history. Because uh, what I feel is for without knowing where we have been, how can we know where we're going? And by that, <clears throat> I mean truly gaining the knowledge of knowing, not just superficial review, uh, knowing that this is serious business and we need to teach it as such. Uh, so uh, if I'd start over, I'd, I'd just kind of wipe everything off, and we'd start completely over much the way that when my father went and worked with Lyle, he thought that he knew everything about side posture. My father did. And Lyle said, that stuff don't work. Now, understand this. Lyle's wording, many people misconstrued, just like is what's happening right now in our you know next two weeks in the battles of the presidents. It's all about the wording. And I want to clarify this because many people uh, utilize these words to their advantage when it's not meaning exactly what we're saying. When he said it don't work, he's not saying that it won't work. What he's saying is, when we look at the, let's get get rid of the variables and maintain the constants and what is repetitious and what is consistent, in the research center, they found that one type of procedure worked better and stayed longer for the adjustment than the other. Mm -hmm. It's not that that didn't work, and that's why B.J. even made the statement, I can hit you in the butt with a shovel, and clear the reading. But can I do that consistently every single time or every single patient and get that same? No. So what we're looking at is laws of percentages. There was a higher percentage rate with this procedure. That was learned from my father, from uh, Dr. Lyle and Dr. Palmer to my father. We can get a higher percentage like this. So the other stuff works. Of course, I know chiropractic works. We're not against any of that stuff. We're just saying taking a step further, a higher percentage rate. So that's where we're talking about, knowing. And I sometimes in my writings, I put knowing, K-N-O-W, in huge letters, small letters, I-N-G, to know that and uh, to know that you know that you know. Uh, so it is serious business and when we had to start over, that's where I would look at that.
1: What's the uh, most important business or financial discovery you've made in the past year?
0: Well, uh, I tell you, it's been, a, um, it's been a great year, but I've always been taught, Doc, to put my money back into the principal and put my money back into chiropractic. Um, from a young age, I was taught that, and I continue to do that just like my father did. So my financial money, everything I do and everything I get goes back into creating and making the principle of tick um, more aware, uh, making it better. Like the creation of the k four bringing it out from you know paper and staples to having it in digital format um, putting it back into that that that's where I truly was taught that way and I saw my dad do it and he did a phenomenal job at it so I just recreated that and just kept going with it
1: i uh, i I've got a question for you um, it's uh not one that you would be prepared for, but I am really interested in knowing uh, the answer to this question um, how uh how did your dad handle uh, patients that just didn't get well? and you, there's no you, you can't give an explanation
0: to the patient as to why. Well, it's a great question. I think that goes back to what was the time frame that we allowed ourselves to put on that that was it three months, six months, a year, um, that we ourselves put on that? Uh, great example. A patient came to my father. Um, he's told this story many, many times. Um, directly because the same question was asked to him. A patient came to him and um, had cancer of the breast. Oozing cancer of the breast. Said when he walked in the room, it was the most atrocious smell that you'd ever have.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Held a straight line. Didn't do anything to the to the oozing part of the cancer. Mm. Three years went by. One day she walks in, opens her uh, shirt up, completely gone. Mm. Now, that goes back to understanding the principle, Doc. Mm. Many times we put it upon ourselves that we think we're the um, golden gloves, I call it. That if we can't get them well in six visits, they can't get well by chiropractic. Can't get well by 26 visits. Whatever the number is, we try to put a number on that. Understand, we are not the ones doing this. We're the assistant to innate. Innate has the ultimate master time clock, not us. As the example I just stated, three years. I don't know of anybody today Besides to select handful of people who would give that time clock of three years for that type of case until they referred out or did this or went and got scared and thought some kind of legal ramble whatever it is much as Dr. Palmer dummy I mean Dr. Sherman told uh, my father when my mother was pregnant with my sister and they said she has cervical cancer we must abort the baby. Hmm. my father had just uh, associated himself with Dr. Sherman went to Dr. Sherman kind of not in a panic state but a very aware state as any husband would about their wife they loved and said Dr. Sherman what do I do Dr. Sherman's response was and I've actually got this on tape with my mother telling me this story um, said is the line straight? Hmm. That's the only question he asked. He said, don't get sympathetic. When that line's straight, you've done all you can do. The body will respond and get well. You can't control the time. Quit thinking about the time, Kale." So, of course, for the next 90 days, every day at the same time, my mother showed up at Dr. Sherman's clinic, got scanned. My father was watching him getting scanned. Uh, getting getting her scanned. Um, in that 90 days, she got adjusted seven times in the 90 days. After 90 days, she went back. They called her, they called my father back up and said, well, can you send Charlotte back over here? I think we got on the wrong part of the cervix. Uh, we got some in, inconsistent um, findings. So of course, you know, he, he kinda laughed and he was on the phone and kinda had the phone in his ear and well I told you suckers <laughs> and, and kinda and kinda went down. Of course we're back over there and then and, and, and history shows that of course my sister was born and I'm here now and we moved on. Uh because he stuck by the principal. Because that man, Doctor Sherman, knew he was there. He was right there with DJ every single time he was there. He knew when the man made an adjustment, when he when he corrected that line and he got that line straight, he knew body will get well. We can't control the time. Answer your question. The time is the essence there. Yeah. So what time frame do we give to say the patient don't get well? Is it five years, ten years? What do we know? We don't have that time clock. I can venture to say if I had to guess, most people don't give it that long, especially three years. Um maybe I satisfied your answer, maybe I didn't. No, no, that was an excellent answer. Excellent answer.
1: Uh, if doctors uh, would like to get in touch with you about anything, what's the best way to do that?
0: Well, I'm 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 out there to be honest with you. Of course, uh, I've got part of one of the most recognized names in chiropractic, and the easiest names to remember, and that is kale.com. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I bought that back when I was in college, back when the .com started becoming around. I mm-hmm. wish I'd have bought a lot more, uh, but I bought that, and uh, my dad thought I was an absolute fruitcake for buying it. <laughs> He said, What are you doing that for? That's nuts, man. I'm like, Dad, or something about it. I got to buy it, man. So I've held on to it, and I've actually been offered six figures plus to wow. pick up that name for me. And I've uh, got it in my files where well, I keep it. And there was, it was three months ago, I had someone else offer me some money. I, I won't sell it. Um, but of course, you can go to Kell.com and reach me. Um, our phone number has been the same for 20 plus years. So anyone professionally that wants to get a hold of me can. And uh because we feel like <clears throat> and I've always been, you know, Johnny on the spot of responding to any kind of emails and everybody knows that about me personally. But I feel like uh doctors accessibility to the truth is paramount in our organization has always been my father. Um and it just literally takes someone having that desire just as a patient comes into the office having that desire to pick up the phone, type an email, uh, you know, send a snail mail, uh, to find out, you know, What is that that's different? Why do we not have these type of patients that were presidents at one time and and heads of states? Why do we not have those types of people coming into our office today? Why are we struggling with congressmen? Why are we struggling with you know people out in in in, in the uh, political community to this this, that's hindering, uh, allowing us to get paid for our services? Why are we fighting with that? When one at one time we never had that, Um, and I go back to if we got back to the basics. We would have that again, and we've got rid of the egos out there, and truly, truly had that unification, um, we would be at that state again, and even bigger than it used to be.
1: Well, this has been an absolutely excellent conversation, Doc. I really appreciate appreciate you doing this.
0: Well, it's been an honor for me, and and hopefully I can have uh, have answered your questions to uh, your specifications, and. And uh, it, it truly is, uh, just like with the video I sent you and just like uh, with, with any of these interviews I do, it truly comes from the heart. Um, I've lived it. I've walked it. I've ate it. Uh, it just is is a part of us. And that's why we want to do is try to express that to others. And some people will get one little piece of it. Some people will get all of it. Some people will get none of it. Some people will go back and literally listen to it 50 times before they get something. But if we truly made a mark that we can change one person's life, Uh, through this conversation and dialogue between, uh, yourself and me, then it's been well worth it in our, in our book.